You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified. What's up, Griot family? It's Dr. Christina Greer, politics editor at the Griot and host of The Blackest Questions. I want to tell you about the Signal Awards. Two of my podcast siblings are nominated. Michael Harriet, host of The Griot Daily. You know I love going on his podcast and talking about all things politics. And Tere, host of Being Black, The 80s. I'm on two episodes with Tere, talking about all things hip-hop and the 1980s. Please make sure you hit up the QR code or go to the website and vote at the Signal Awards to make sure they are represented and represented well. Thanks. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Dear Culture, the podcast for by and about the culture. I'm your host, Panama Jackson, and today we are talking about Deion Sanders in the Deion Sanders era of college football as the head coach of the University of Colorado Buffaloes football team. And to have this conversation, I'm joined again by three of my homies from the Ill-Informed Homies podcast, who were also a part of a conversation that we had back in December, where Dion had just announced that he was leaving Jackson State to head to the University of Colorado. So I'm joined today by Corey Wilson, who is a scholar athlete at LSU, knows a little bit about big time SEC football. I'm joined today by Frank Williams, who was one of my best friends from Morehouse College, but also played football at Morehouse. And Jerry Griffin, who went to Morehouse with us and also has a law degree from Howard. Uh, who played football as well. So this is a jam-packed show full of full of former athletes and football players, but most importantly, enthusiasts with very strong opinions about this Deion Sanders era of college football. And, you know, week one, they beat TCU 45-42. TCU played in the championship game last year. They also got blown out. But they played the they were in the, they were in the 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 FBS championship game. Uh, then they beat Nebraska. They beat Colorado State. But then they ran up against the buzzsaw that is Oregon, who was one of the best teams in the nation, according to their offense and their at least according to their offense. Right. So let me start here with y'all. What are your thoughts on the Dion era of the University of Colorado, Buffalo, like where we are with Deion Sanders at this point? Corey, let's start with you, man. Um. Well, that's a, that's a that's a tough question. I feel like there's a lot of different components of um, the the Dion era, but I'll start with on the field. Uh, on the field, uh, as far as uh, Colorado's concerned, I'm I, I'm kind of underwhelmed. I'm not impressed uh, necessarily with what I've seen on the field. Uh, off the field, you know, uh, I think he you know he's doing it his own way. He's taking uh, a a very interesting approach, which I'm not sure um, is going to work long term. But you know, he he is doing it his way, and and I applaud him for that. But I'm just not sure that that, that that's a good sustainable long term approach. But on the field, I, which I haven't part been. is not sustainable long term? Um, so I, I think they, you know, because they have uh, focus on other things that are non football going on at times. Um, I think that. You know that that's just not a good idea. That's not the way to do things. 
you know, there's a there's a lot of other stuff going on. You know, there's like the BET Awards apparently going on on the sideline and in the locker room. You know, <laughs> I hated really. that. That I hated that. By the way, the the commentator that said that who he had to feel regret as soon. It was a black dude that said that too. I hated yeah, that. He was like, it's like Johnson. the BET Awards out there. Hey, I mean, I like, he, he has a point though. I mean, everyone was there. Cameron, Master P. I mean, uh, the Lil Wayne, Offset. Yes, he okay. did have a point. So, so you I'm, think that part of it is. Am I, am I fair in saying you think he's that that part is doing too much at this point? That's the unsustainable part. Absolutely, the cult going. of celebrity that Dion has brought to Colorado, to brought to Boulder, for the sake of the. I think he's trying to bring entertainment value, but at the end of the day, man, this college football is big business, and it's about winning, and and winning is 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 the ultimate uh, measure, and that's and that's what's sustainable, and like you know. You know, trying to bring like the celebrity into it, that that that's not um probably the recipe for, for long term success and building a program, you know, which is what, what their goal should be. All right, Jabri, what you think? You want me to answer your question or respond to Corey? <laughs> you know what? Answer my you know what? Respond to Corey and then answer my question. And if you could do it at the same time, then you know, then you're a winner. I, I see. So I mean, business is booming. I'll I'll just say that to Corey. Business is booming. You talk about businesses winning, businesses booming. We can get to that. We got some numbers on that. You know, we can talk about that and, and, and how big Colorado football is right now. But um, last time I was on, I kind of, I came in hot. I was feeling like Dion had let me down uh, by leaving Jackson State. I said he stabbed me in the back. And I still don't love how he left Jackson State. Um, and maybe you can have a gripe over that. But if you're talking about in terms of his job performance at Colorado, there's very little to not like. Like they were one in eleven last year. Like this is a success by any by any measure. Like how can you say it's not? He's not just on ESPN. He's on CNN. He's got uh, uh, sixty minutes segments. Like he's boosted the revenue not just for the school, but the economy of Colorado. Like this is big business. Like the the games are nationally televised. Yep. He's got high ratings. The games are ending on the West Coast, 1.30, 2 o'clock in the morning. Uh, Still Coast, the highest rated the game East of the Coast day. At 2 o'clock in the morning. We're all up at 2 o'clock in the morning exactly. watching watching these games. Agreed. Yep, keep going. Exactly. Coach Prime did the Usher uh, Super Bowl promo announcement. I mean, Coach Prime's everywhere. The only people who are saying this Man. is not a success are haters. Yeah, maybe okay. he should maybe he should have been watching film instead of doing, recording that Usher promo. <laughs> he might have scored some points. <laughs> but hey, you know, like, again... Well, we're going to get to that in a second. Frank, what, what are your thoughts so far on the, the Dion era at, at Colorado? I mean, I would say so far so good, right? So four games in, they're three and one. I don't think that anyone would have said that Colorado would be three and one four games in this time last year. Nobody would have said that. So at this point, he's had a successful career thus far. Now, we only talk about four games in, but I don't know what more else he could have done. In all fairness, he could be four and zero. He could be four and zero, but then Alabama's not four and zero. I mean, four and zero. I don't think. I think four and zero would not have been realistic by any point. I mean, as a new coach, you're coming in to make incremental changes, and he's gone beyond incremental changes. So yeah, yeah. you know. Let's, again, let's... I don't know what else he could have done. He, he lost to the one of the, arguably the best offense in the nation. Okay. What else? What else you got on them? Yeah, like we all expected them to lose that game. I don't think there's anybody like That's if they fact. had won, 
we would have all been like, wow, maybe this is real. But they lost, which is what everybody expected it's to happen. It's already real. It's already so, real. No, what, what I, what, well, what I mean by, what I mean, you're right. What I mean by the real thing is like, I, so I think with, with week by week, there's this, man, what, what can Colorado do? Like, we, I, we are definitely imposing our Deion Sanders will onto what Colorado can do, right? Like, we are turning, we are turning Colorado into an extension of Hall of Famer Dion as if he's out there playing in 1992, right? Like we are treating the Colorado potential like it's really Dion potential when the truth is your team is your team and he's the coach, right? So he can only go as far as the recruits and everything that he can bring in. And they're doing, and I, I'm with every, I'm with, I'm with Jabri and Frank. They're doing great so far. They're three and one, which I think we all agree. We're probably a little bit surprised at the three and one. We knew there's a buzzsaw coming. If it wasn't going to be Oregon, it's going to be USC next week. We kind of see these things coming. Wait, why are you surprised but... at three and one? None of these people didn't play with one and eleven. <laughs> no one who is one and eleven is on this team anymore, right? So, so to keep referring back to the one and eleven thing, those people are gone. He brought in eighty-five new people. These people right, never so won one and eleven zero. in their life. All right. But then the record is zero and zero. Then if we if we can't count on one and eleven, we go count zero and zero. All right, cool. So now, so now we need to talk about a three Kurt. and one is a success so far. I think, I think, I think why? everybody would want a three and one record. No, I, why? I, I don't think anybody would want a three and one record. No, that's why. The yeah, only so, thing else be is four or no. This is college football. The turnover is great wait, every wait, wait, single wait, wait, year. Wait, 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 hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. Dion told me he was bringing in some Louis Vuitton luggage. All right, so the Louis here. He bought 85 pieces of Louis. That's a lot of Louis. <laughs> I mean, if you got that kind of Louis, well, that will right, hold be, on. Did he lie? Let me ask you. Well, he hold also on, let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Let, me, let me ask you. What, in your estimation, would make him successful then? If he's, does he have to run the table in order for you to consider it a success? Well, because for- I don't think. I don't think anybody. I mean, LSU's not running the table. LSU's yeah. one of the, you know, LSU's one of the best teams in the nation. Right. So um, what I'm saying is. I got to answer for that. that. So after the first game, he got on the podium and he told me that uh, Shador and Travis Hunter should be number one and two in the Heisman. That means you got the number one and two best player in the country. When you got the number one and two best player in the country and a lot of Louis luggage, four and no is the expectation. All right. So you, he's raising the expectation. Yeah. If you got the two best yes. players in the country, uh, four and no is the expectation, partner. I listened to our old episode. Nobody thought that they were going to come in on, on year one. And crush the buildings. So that that's because so the expe- expectations constantly change, right? So when when he got the job in December, I said I thought he was going to win three games because I thought he was going to be coaching them bombs that were there last year. He got rid of everybody. Now the expectation goes up. When you talk the talk, you got to walk the walk. If you don't walk the walk, you go. We're going to be held accountable. But see, for it. but here's the here's that's the issue irrelevant. with that. That's that's yeah. irrelevant. But here's the issue with that, like. They've played four games and they've won three. They've won 75% of their games thus far. To allege that the walk is not being walked at this point, especially when I don't... Did you expect them to beat Oregon? Yeah, Oregon don't have the two best players in the country. No, 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 no. There's two things that you're illustrating, Corey. One thing is that Dion is going against the grain. Like, Dion is new and different. That's why he's Dion. That's why he's getting these guys. He's getting four and five star. He had four or five star guys at Jackson State. First so of all, like, that's, that's, that, that's also not true. That's right? something that's not – Travis Hunter's not five-star? That's one guy. Who else he got? Okay. Shador, his son. Don't. I mean, these are four or five-star college athletes, D1, power five guys, okay, at Jackson State or at Colorado, wherever they are. The other thing you're illustrating is how easy it is to hate. 
There's only one team that wins every year. People, if you don't go undefeated, then you're a failure in Corey's eyes. So, Jabri, do you think where did, where did you expect to see Colorado in the landscape of FBS football at this point? You know, with them bringing in the new guys, with them bringing in Travis Hunter, with them bringing in his sons. You know, I thought they would have a puncher's chance in most of their games. I thought they could win about half their games. I thought they might get hot, you know, win six, five, six, seven games, something like that in that in that area. I think they've exceeded that by getting off to a hot start. I wasn't expecting to win over TCU, and I thought they would split, you know, Colorado State and Nebraska. They won both of those games. They won all three of those games, in fact. So, you know, they're a little bit ahead of schedule, and that's what got everybody so excited. Like, wow, they look like they can really hang with teams. So they've exceeded expectations to me. Time for a quick break. Stay with us. And we're back. Is what Dion is doing at Colorado good for college football? And I know, Bree, you got some numbers and stuff like that. You you, you pulled some stats, I'm guessing. But I'm going to say I think it is. For the first time in years, we're not talking about Clemson or the SEC. You know, the, the center of college football is in Boulder, Colorado, which I don't think anybody has has said out loud since maybe Rashawn Salam was there. I don't know how long it's been since Colorado has mattered that substantially. Whether you like it or not, whether it looks like the BET Awards, all these people are showing up to be a part of the 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 experience of what's going on in Boulder, which is bringing all like the D, the Dion impact is real. The same thing he was doing at Jackson State, he is now doing in Colorado um, with better facilities. But apparently, that cult of personality that Dion has is literally playing out the same way. He is a magnet for attention. He is. I, I said this to y'all in the group chat, but I really do think he's Don King in this thing, right? Like, he's literally the greatest showman on earth right now in the college football universe, in the sports universe, actually. Like, what what show is better than Dion? So, Jabri, good or bad for college football? You know, you alluded to the numbers. You don't need a math degree for these numbers. Double the attendance, double the ticket prices. That's big numbers, Okay. Is it good or bad for football? It's good overall. You know why? Because it's a show. And shows are successful when people watch them. It's not even about whether it's a quality program. Popularity can be carried by a big star, personality, some of the gimmick. And we got all that here. We got a little bit of all that. You know, we got a show, people watching for it to be a train wreck, people watching for success, people watching for whatever reasons, but they're watching. They're packing the stadiums. They're charging more, raising the level of attention paid to the games. It helps a team like Colorado State. Colorado State's not going to play a bigger game this year than that game against Colorado. Even a team like Oregon couldn't count the game against Colorado as one of their marquee matchups, but instead they had a marquee matchup. Big deal. Phil Knight was there, head of Nike. Everybody was there. Like, it was a big deal. And this was a game that would have been a snoozer for Oregon. They would have won 42-6 anyway, but nobody would have watched it. But this year they won 42-6 and everybody watched it. So that's good for everybody. Frank, what about you? What do you think? It's hard to disagree with. I mean, again, Colorado, I mean, coming out of nothing, like nobody cared about them. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I can't say anything about that. Like, literally, like, it can't be anything but good for them. I mean, I, I know then his use of the portal. I know people don't like that, especially some of the kind of like the old hats don't like that so much. But I mean, he used that really, really well. I mean, I I, I think it's good. I think it's good for players too. 
Yeah, I, I 100%. I didn't realize Jay Feely's son played for Colorado. But now I know he plays for Colorado. Now I know he's the kicker. It's like, oh, look at that. Look look, look who I'm seeing. And now if I'm watching that, it's like, man, I wonder if he's as good as his dad. Sign that man up for an NFL contract. Let's go ahead and get him in the door. Why not? Let's make this a family business. Corey, you probably dissent on this. Please explain why you don't you don't think this is good for college football. Um, I mean, in the short run, is it good for college football? Maybe, maybe not. Um, like, sure, it bought uh, it it raised the stakes of the uh, Colorado um, Oregon game. But if that if that wasn't going on, then we the, the attention would have just been on the Notre Dame Ohio State game, right? College football would have still been going on. People would have still been tuning in. But to to address some of Jabri's points, like when you're winning, you know, that can mask a lot of uh, deficiencies in, in, in the strategy, right? Well, I can tell you right now, after they get smoked by 50 points this weekend, yeah, game day ain't showing back up, all right? That's over with, all right? So this, the, the $400 ticket, yeah, nobody paid $400 to see a 3-3 three and three team, right? So that's gone, right? So a lot of the stuff you're talking about, that, that, that's the, that goes away with, 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 with losing, and and they gonna get smoked again this weekend, and, and nobody's paying five hundred dollars to see a three or fourteen. Right? But but does that matter anymore? Actually, you know what? We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back, and I want to jump right back into the point that you're making because I actually have a counter to that specific point. And listeners, we want to hear from you too. We have one simple question that we want you to answer in the Spotify poll: Is the hype for the University of Colorado football team led by Deion Sanders? Is it over? Yes or no? Make sure you vote. All right, we're back here in Dear Culture talking the Dion era at the University of Colorado and whether or not what he's doing in Colorado is good or bad for college football. And, you know, Corey, you just mentioned that, you know, once they get smoked this weekend by USC, which I think we all expect to happen, um, in similar fashion, if not worse than what happened to Oregon, but... You know, we, we we expected that. We saw when they had Oregon and USC back-to-back, it was going to be two really rough weeks for them. But you said, like, game day's not coming back, all these other things. But, I mean, do they have to? At this point, the, the, the hype is, like, everything that you wanted to get, even if it's front-loaded, you got all of it. Everybody's running around wearing Colorado stuff. There are videos everywhere on social media of of. Old older people getting Dion jerseys and Colorado hats and and crying like there's you know like the the Dion has done the job like the the hype job is already there now whether people are going to spend that much money for tickets do they have to Colorado has far exceeded what they needed to get in order to make this make this Dion hiring make sense they are so far ahead of the curve for where they probably needed to be already in four weeks i mean like you said i mean the colorado the colorado oregon game overshadowed notre dame in ohio state and that's a top two top ten matchup like that's a game that everybody presumably that should have been the game of the week it should have been the game of the week for everybody and i didn't even watch it i just saw i saw how it ended this whole Dion thing has been going this is he was at jackson state for two years right mm-hmm. jackson state for two years this is first year at colorado He's been pretty consistent on the hype machine for three straight years now. Like it hasn't really died down. Like it's been pretty, it's been pretty consistent in terms of his ability to continuously draw attention from places. Now, some of that, 
the work is being done for him by other coaches, right? Like Jay Norvell didn't have to say anything. I didn't even know who Jay Norvell was before that game. And all of a sudden I knew who he was, but he didn't have to say that. The coach of Oregon decided to to drop his his pre-recorded his pre-recorded freestyle. You know what I'm saying? In the locker room when the cameras were like, you know, he wrote that, right? You know, he was working on that one. Bars. He wrote, the, he, he wrote them bars. <laughs> bars. He was ready for that when the the camera was on him. Like these coaches are continuously providing ammo that Dion gets to just respond to. Like they're going to do the work for him. And he just Dion's. He just shows up in just Beast Coast Prime. Jabri? Don't gloss over what those coaches say either, because that's important. Both of them attack Dion's seriousness and his professionalism you know oh. they both went like they went at him like he's not respectful he doesn't take off his glasses and his hat when he talks to adults which was like ridiculous and we could really get into like the uh the black on black hit job that that was and how you know certain people don't respect certain people from certain sides of the tracks and stuff of that nature uh maybe that's not the conversation for today and the other conversation uh uh the other coach was like uh you know they, they're fighting for clicks instead of wins again attacking his seriousness and his professionalism. So, you know, there is some insecurity. There's some fear is it? from these other coaches looking at this because there's something that they can't recreate. So because they can't recreate it, they have to discredit it. They can never have as, uh, as fun of an atmosphere as has been seen at Colorado these first four weeks. I don't think they yeah. want, they, they don't want fun. They're here for business. Ah, they, they do want fun because no, the recruits want to have fun. 18-year-olds, that's, that's one thing about 18-year-olds that never changes. They like to have fun. People keep so saying that. So they're looking for is not, not a fun true. environment where they're going to have a good time, have national exposure. They're going to have interviews. They're going to have commercial. They're going to have NIL deals. Like They got, they got how, bigger NIL at other places. They got, look, if you, they watch, do the, for now. If you watch the game if, Saturday. If he wasn't a threat, there would have been no comments from the other coaches. If they weren't worried about Dion, there wouldn't have been a clicks versus wins a comment that would not have been there. Yes, it wasn't keeping been, it real. What are you talking that about? Would not have, that would not have been okay. there. This begs the question. This, this begs the bigger question. Why does Dion have so many haters at this point? Like, why Why does it seem like on a week-to-week basis, each one of these coaches that they're playing seem to have something specific, something to say about him? That's like, coaching 101. You have to convince your team that nobody believes in you, and you have to convince your team that the other team thinks they're better than you. And that's all the other coaches were doing. Now, the way they chose to attack it, I thought, was was remarkable because, again, you're attacking his professionalism, which in most in most professions is frowned upon. And it's, you know, fighting words. Like, that's really below the belt most most times. Right. So, yeah, yeah, it's crazy to attack a dude's professionalism who's hanging out with uh, Lil Wayne before the, the game, before the kickoff. What about that is unprofessional, though? What about that is unprofessional? Because the question Cause is, racist. Do, so... Because it's racist. Because it's racist. How is it racist? If it was Garth Brooks, if, 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 if Nick Saban was uh, dapping it up with Garth Brooks before the game, he wouldn't do it. They don't do it. Here's the thing about the whole celebrity thing. Like, it's not just people coming in to see Dion. Some of these people are, like, legit his friends. And so to that point, if your friends come to the sideline, depending on who they are, people will make a certain situation of it. So, yes... If Garth Brooks came to Alabama's sideline, there would be no issue. Nick Saban don't do celebrities on the sideline. He's a professional. He's not here to handle business. He's not. He's not trying to. People uh, show up on the sidelines all the time. They do. And and, and guess where they never show up at? Like you go to a Lakers game, they got all the celebrities on the sideline. They never show up in the in the in the uh, in the locker room. 
Yeah, you never seen a you never seen a professional in a Lakers locker room, even though all of them. I mean, a uh, celebrity in a Lakers locker well, room. Well, here's the thing about the that. Okay, look the the pageantry that he's bringing. Nobody's done it like that before. Again, this is the Don King stuff. He's a showman. He understands how to sell a product, a, a product, and he's selling it. But the question that I have for you, Corey, are you? Do you think he's not doing his job? Because it seems like you said yourself you didn't expect him to be three and one. So it seems like he's doing his job at this point. Like his team, he won is a up. he won a game by three points in the no, first. No, 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 you can't do that. Wait, wait, I can't. I can't, I can't provide. I can't provide context to his wins. He went into double overtime with a team that that is three and eleven in their last fourteen games. Right, that he should have smoked. Right, he was a he was a heavy favorite in the game, and he went to double overtime to beat them. Right, so to act like he just out here killing it on the field, like he just dominating uh, great teams, they're not. Well, I don't know that anybody that's thinks that they're question. dominating. I don't know that that's the you conversation. Yeah. You All right, back to your original that. question. Why do people uh, so so coaching? You know, coaches, college coaches take coaching very serious. These guys are work putting in long days, 15, 16, 17 hour days. They are like in there all day that that you know and and they don't really have time to play around or what they deem is playing around and they look at Dion. they're like dude every time we see you you chilling you uh you got time to entertain celebrities you got time to make videos and shoot commercials like we in here on the grind we sleeping the in the team office is, but the team is winning by the definition of winning they for are sure. three and one yes so it seems it seems like that's a bad argument for anybody it's to a make. bad argument today now it's, it's a sunday it's gonna be a better argument it, it doesn't right? matter when they get they're still by, be three when they when they when they when they the last two games they lose a combined 100 to 10 then it's gonna seem like a better argument well, right here's the but here's the thing it's not just coaches who are haters of Dion, right like there's a national conversation of some people just do not are are reveling in the fact that they lost to oregon like there are people who are happy to see him be what they view as humbled, which I'm not sure you can humble Dion. Like he seems like, but that's this the is whole a... piece. That is the entire piece right there. Dion don't come in humble, and that's what people want you to do. Like that's the bottom line. People want you to come in with your head down. Dion throwing middle uh, fingers at everybody. You got to have your they, head they down. Do. You can be no, confident. No, no, no. You can no, just, no, no, like no, no. people don't want you to talk, talk, and if you do, you gotta back it up. You, you can, He's you can not be... talk, and you act like Dion coming in saying, "Yeah, that coach, I'ma smoke him. Yeah, that coach over there, I'ma smoke him too." That's not his talk. When has he been the aggressor in any of these four games? So, if you're talking about like uh, back and forth between the coaches, he's never been the aggressor. That's not his style. But he is in the locker room saying, "We ain't coming no more. We here." We go, we like, so we make all but these. Technically pieces. speaking, according to your own statements about backing things up, I think you could argue he's backed that up. They are here. They are the conversation in college football. They are three and one. I mean, by most metrics, they are exactly where you would want to be for somebody who was talking the, we here, we're taking it personal. Hold on. We're taking it personal. We are. We're showing up. We are showing you that this is our house. You come in our house and do these things. Like, it seems like he's hitting all the notes that you would want a coach who is your ultimate advocate and defender to hit as a player on a team. Jabri? Again, this is coaching 101. Telling your team that you can win the game is negative now? Bro, telling so your team, again, no, we're not coming. We're not going to be winning these games next year. We can win some of these games this year. You wouldn't tell your team that? So... Again, this is a situation where, as Panama just said, well, the way Panama said it, right, and winning is masking a lot of things. This team actually is not playing well. He's talking about all, all metrics. All metrics, the only metrics you got that he's doing well is winning. 
But if you actually, if you actually break down, if you actually, no, he hasn't scored more points than the other team. So overall, they haven't. But three times he has. <laughs> yeah, okay, cool. So um, if you actually break it down, the team is playing terrible on most, in most facets of the game. They're terrible at special teams. They're terrible at defense. They're terrible at the running attack. Uh, like they're, they're they're actually not that good. So people you who do actually... realize. I agree with you in a lot of those very specific things, but you do realize the insanity in what you just said. The only place that they're winning is in winning, which is the one thing that counts. Dude, like, that, that's they, a small if, term. No, 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 no. If they if they win the rest of their games and are terrible in every facet of the game, but win every game by one point, they're gonna they'd be an eleven and one team who's in the conversation for the national championship. If they win every game by one point, it, it by, by virtue of the fact that the way we view the sport, it is about wins. Time for a quick break. Stay with us. Thank you so much to the Signal Awards for nominating Being Black the 80s for an award. Such an honor. We worked so hard on this docuseries because the music of the 80s means so much to us. Please help me out and vote for Being Black the 80s and maybe we can win a Signal Award. And we're back. Why are non-football coaches hating on what's happening at Dion when it seems by all in, it seems by all metrics he's a, a wonderful motivator he seems to believe in his his guys on his team he wants the best for them in life he's putting them in a position to succeed like why wouldn't you want to support somebody who as a human seems to be invested in the humanity of his players in such a fashion where he's actually genuinely concerned about providing them an atmosphere that allows them the best opportunity to thrive like, why would anybody hate on that? Because it looks like clown stuff. It looks like clown behavior to them. Perfect answer, Corey, because we buy into respectability too much. Like, we're worried about how it looks. You're saying it looks like clown stuff. It just looks like Dion's personality to me. That's just how he is. That's how he's always been. So, like, these, these other coaches are hating because they've been taught that there's one way to do it. You have to be buttoned up and respectable, and your team has to wear a suit and tie when they travel, and, you know, all these things that matter, that quote-unquote matter. Dion's not doing a lot of them. He's skipping that. He's, he's not for all, that, all the respectability, okay? He's going to be Coach Prime, okay? And Coach Prime is different than, than, than tradition and what people have been taught. So when they see somebody not doing it, they're like, he's not doing it right. He's not doing the thing that I'm doing, you know? Let me... Let's let's and we haven't we haven't really done this. Frank has said the word out loud once, but let's go ahead and throw the big racism bomb in here. Like, how much of this is a black man out here doing it his way? And you know, he like you cannot control him. And I do think people don't like to see a black man win on his own terms. That's why I keep calling him Don King right now. Like people hated that. Yeah, I don't think it's just him being black. I think it's being black and Dion, right? Like, you know what I mean? It's it's other black coaches that are successful. Oh boy, Notre Dame. I mean, doing his thing. There were but, four there were four undefeated black coaches at the beginning of Saturday morning. But it's it's being black and being Dion, which is more stereotypical if we go if we'll say that, right? Like Dion is who we are as black men, by and large, as a stereotype. That that's who we are. You know what I mean? So it's not just being black; it's being real black. That's that's the issue. Not just yeah. not just your skin tone. It's, it's it's you strutting. It's you having something to say when somebody come at you. Not again walking with your head up high. It's 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 Dion being Dion, not just being black. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
And the other coaches were taught that in order to be black and a head coach, you had to be a certain non-threatening way. And when they see somebody else not doing that, they can't help but gatekeep. Like, it's, it's, it's messed up. It's the system, and we buy into it. Is, is, is it like the non – or is it just like coaches feel like, look, man, as a coach, we should be teaching – uh discipline we got all these principles we should be teaching we got like certain ways we should do things it shouldn't be a free assumption it shouldn't be, it shouldn't that's be not happening though those that's a things, bad thing yeah those things do not not apply to Dion. like no one's saying that about Dion's team those those principles that you just brought up no mm -hmm. one's saying that his team isn't like that i mean so like for instance Sh shador is on the on the field warming up with an ap on Right, and some at other schools, yeah, you can't you can't rock your AP during your warmups, bro. Like you know what I'm saying. So to act like that, those things are going on. Sure, they are. Right. And so this is a lot more relaxed, and you you, you don't get to rock your iced out AP uh, during warmups at other schools. Okay, but I also think that Shador is a special case. Like I I agree. Like I I'm I I agree to a point. Like I have no problem with what they're out there doing. Like he's out there. He don't have no pads on. He don't got nothing on. He's out there early on walking on the field. Like they're walking on the field, but it ain't harming anybody, right? None of that, none of that stuff is harming a single soul. He's literally minding his business, getting his little warm-ups on, doing whatever. But you're talking about one person on a team full of people that's doing that. And the one that the cameras are gonna follow. Let's be real. Like he's some of this is for it's for show, right? Like mm -hmm. they're following him because he's Deion's son, he's the quarterback. He's flashy, you know, when he gets that opportunity and he can actually play. He's a good player. Like, you know, he's the he's the he's he's number two in the show that is Colorado right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, that's that's just how it's going to work. All right. We're going to take one final break. We'll come back. I have one final question about the whole Dion, the Dion era here at Colorado here on Deer Culture. And we're back. Here's my question. At this point, Colorado's three and one. What do you expect for the rest of this season for Colorado? Like, where do you see where do you see this season ending for them? And just to add on to that, where do you see the hype machine by the time this season is over? At least for this this season for Colorado. Frank, let's start with you. So I'm I'm looking at their schedule and the Pac-12, not the Pac-12 that they used to be. I think they got an uphill battle, honestly. Like, I believe in Dion, and I want to say he can squeak out three games, but it's going to be a rough three games, I'm going to say that. For him to get to that sixth game, it's not going to be easy at all. But at the same time, I expect him to get some scrappy wins the way he got his first three. So I think he'll still get those three games in in order to be bowl eligible, but I think it's going to be rough. All right, Corey, what you think? Uh, my expectations for them for the rest of the season, man, is to go, um, so they got eight games left. Yeah. At least like seven and one. I mean, you know, they got the, the two best players in college football and the Louis luggage today. You, you can't go three and five with that. They got to go eight and, uh, seven and one, whatever. Yeah. Um, if I was betting, I'd bet that they probably went two more games. <laughs> but my expectation, based on all they got, you know what I'm saying, uh, is eight, seven and one. Uh, will the hype be there at the end of the season? The answer is absolutely not, right? Like, I don't care who is around it. No one cares about a 6-16, six and 16, right? They just don't. They're going to be 
50 teams better than six and six. No, no one cares. I don't care who they get out there um, coaching them, what kind of antics they pull, who performing at halftime, Rick Ross. I don't care. They nobody, like they, the hype is going to go away. Um, so that's the thing about college football. You know, if you don't win, it's going to dry up quick. Fair enough. Jabri, what you got? So I pulled up the schedule and they have four games remaining against ranked opponents. I think maybe they could steal one. And they got a couple of cupcakes, not, not exactly cupcakes to Colorado, but a couple of games they should win in Arizona State and Stanford. So I, I see them around six and six, getting a bowl game. That bowl game is going to be a party. It don't matter which bowl it is. It's going, it's going to turn into the primetime bowl. Doesn't matter if they're six and six or whatever. There's going to be a, a, a huge halftime performance from one of Dion's friends. There's going to be people on the sidelines. It's going to be a party. Everyone's going to see it. It's going to be nationally televised. The recruits are going to love it. And it's going to lead into the hype for next year, which is going to be there. It is going to be there because he's going to have some people. Some people are going to come. Build it and they will come. They will be coming to Colorado. They're going to be playing in the toilet tissue bowl on December 19th, bro. Nobody's watching that. And it's going to be the most lit <laughs> no, toilet tissue the bowl that's ever been. toilet tissue bowl of all time. I hope they get the six wins. I'll say that. I like, I, I'm hoping they get to, I'm sure college football hopes they get to a bowl game. I'm sure whatever bowl game gets them hopes that they get the Dion. I hope they get to pull the Dion team into their bowl game because they know that that's guaranteed eyeballs on a bowl game that nobody else would be watching except for the family members of the people on the on the field. Um, I do think the hype machine will probably die down a bit, but I but you never know. I mean, again, I think these coaches keep providing ammunition for 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 Dion to just go be Dion, and the way it seems to have been working out for him, things just end up being unnecessarily exciting and dramatic for no reason, and that draws us all in. So, you know. Perhaps, perhaps when Colorado plays Utah and it's one of those, he's with they're, they're doing this one for all of us, and we all have to argue about who all of us is again. You know, <laughs> we'll we'll have a new national conversation. All right, um, we'll have to pull this up. We'll have to do this again at the end of the season to see to see where where Colorado ends up, what predictions have come true, like what what is true about the hype and everything. So I look forward to doing this conversation one more time at the end of the season to kind of talk about the first year of of the Dion era as a as a um, power five football coach. So thank you all for joining me for this conversation. Appreciate you, Corey, Jabri, Frank, for being here talking Dion. We will do this again, and uh, you know, appreciate y'all. We'll 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 return back and we'll see if we can get Lil Wayne to lead us lead us out to the beginning of Dear Culture next time. And thank you to everybody for listening to Dear Culture, which is an original podcast of the Griot Black Podcast Network. It is produced by Sasha Armstrong, edited by Jeff Trudeau, and Regina Griffin is our director of podcasts. Uh, again, my name is Panama Jackson. Thank you for listening. Have a black one. What's up, Griot family? It's Dr. Christina Greer, politics editor at the Griot and host of The Blackest Questions. I want to tell you about the Signal Awards. Two of my podcast siblings are nominated. Michael Harriet, host of The Griot Daily. You know I love going on his podcast and talking about all things politics. And Tere, host of Being Black, The 80s. I'm on two episodes with Tere, talking about all things hip-hop and the 1980s. Please make sure you hit up the QR code or go to the website and vote at the Signal Awards to make sure they are represented and represented well. Thanks. 
You are now listening to the Griot's Black Podcast Network, Black Culture Amplified.